Hi, I'm Gordon. And I'm Fiona. We're from Gate Church International in Dundee, Scotland, and we'd like to welcome you to this week's podcast. Our goal here is growing people to bring Christ into our communities and to see you get connected with God, His people, and His purpose. We hope this message inspires you in your faith journey. Thank you. It's good to see you all here this morning. And uh, we recognize that God's Word has power and it also has life. So when the Word is spoken and delivered, something changes on the inside of us for the glory of God. And this morning, something will change on the inside of you if you allow Him to. If you are a resistor, that means you resist the Holy Spirit or the Word of God, nothing will change. If you're hard-hearted, hard-headed, if you're a Pharisee, a Sadducee, a religious hypocrite, the Word will struggle to go within your heart this morning. However, if you're a Holy Ghost sister or a Holy Ghost brother, someone whose heart has been changed by the Word of God, and your spirit is open to what He wants to do within you this morning, this morning could be a game changer and a life changer for you. Do you want to change? Some of you don't want to, I can tell. Do you want to change this morning? Do you want the Word to have an impact on you? Come on, the Word has power to change us for the glory of God. Christians, it's time to let Him in. Stop resisting the Holy Spirit and allow Him in to your life. Allow the Word of God to permeate your heart and to change you and the way that you think forever. The Word has power to change us. This morning I'm going to be sharing again from, from Matthew chapter 5. We've been on that for a little bit of time. We're looking at the Beatitudes. And I'm going to read to you from Matthew chapter 5 verse 17. And it says here, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. Somebody say abolish. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Somebody say fulfill. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will be by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven." I'm so glad it was my turn to land on the sermon this week about the law and the prophets. And uh, I love this verse. I love Jesus' teaching. But he says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. So he doesn't want to destroy the law. He's saying, I don't want to abolish. You see, Jesus had all the power and all the authority to turn the law on its head 
in that moment of teaching. Here's what Jesus did. You see, when you go back a chapter, Jesus is taken into the wilderness. And who does Jesus face for 40 days and 40 nights? And who does Jesus overcome? The devil. So Jesus has all power and all authority to overcome all things. Jesus has the authority to write a new decree and abolish the law if He wants to abolish the law. But Jesus chooses not to. Jesus does not abolish the law. And here's why Jesus cannot abolish the law. Because Jesus is tied in as the Son of God, the Son of Man, and part of the Trinity into God's eternal laws and God's eternal Word. Twenty-two times in the Torah, the first five books of the First Testament, twenty-two times it says the law is eternal or perpetual. It goes on forever. The law is eternal. Some people teach the law is done away with. That's not true. Jesus said the law is perpetual and the law is eternal. He said He's not come to abolish when we go back to the original meaning, it means to dissolve, to destroy, to annul it, to aggregate it, to add to it, to disregard it. And it says in the original law that no one is to add to or take away from it. So what is going on here? Jesus, Jesus has done this teaching in Matthew chapter 5. He's teaching on the Beatitudes. He's teaching on how people can change their behavior. He's teaching about the grace of God. There's something happening and going on with Jesus. But Jesus here says that He is not about to abolish the law. He's not abolishing it. He's not doing away with it. He's saying that the law is to be fulfilled. Something is going on within Jesus' teaching. Why is He saying this? Because He's got a crowd. He's got an audience who are waiting on Jesus making pronouncements and announcements that will do away with some things, some things politically, some things spiritually, some things tyrannically, but Jesus is making a pronouncement that He is not about to abolish the law. Jesus says, I am here to fulfill the law. So how on earth can Jesus complete or render full to bring to pass, to cause, cause God's will to be done? To, to, how, how can He make the law be known? How can Jesus change something? How, how, can he, how can He bring this teaching to the church, to His disciples, where many, many people feel a tension over this teaching today? Some people struggle with the whole thing of law. Some people struggle with the whole thing of grace. Even in the book of Galatians, the Apostle Paul says that the law is a tutor that leads us, that leads us to grace. So there's something powerful about the law. And we need to understand as we bring the Word of God, as we bring the teaching of the Word of God today into pretty much a Gentile, unbelieving, atheistic, hedonistic, humanistic, I could go on, culture that doesn't believe in God, Jesus is teaching to a crowd that understand the law and the Torah. 
This crowd understand the law. They know the Ten Commandments. They know the 613 laws that are in Leviticus and the first five books of the First Testament. They know these laws. But something has malfunctioned in Israel. Something has gone wrong where the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the teachers of the law have used the law as a rod of correction over the people of God. And something has happened where Jesus comes in and Jesus is saying that I'm not here to abolish that law, but I am here to fulfill that law. I want you to know that Jesus speaking to a crowd of Jews, for him to say that he is to fulfill the law and the prophets is incredibly blasphemous. How on earth can Jesus fulfill the law? How can Jesus make everything complete? How can He be made the manifest completeness of the law and the prophets? I'll tell you why. Because Jesus was perfect. And Jesus was sinless. Jesus never once sinned. And in His sinlessness, Jesus was about to be offered up. And in that moment, in that time, in that context, the disciples did not know what was coming next. They did not know that the Son of God was about to be laid up on a tree and crucified and put to death. They did not know that was going to happen. But Jesus said, I am here to fulfill. And when Jesus says He's going to fulfill, Jesus fulfills. And here's the wonderful thing about the law of God is the law of God is powerful. The law of God is wonderful, and the law of God is eternal. Now, how do we wrestle? How do we muster? How do we get that through in our heads and our hearts when the Apostle Paul talks about law or grace over law? How do we wrestle these things? Well, here's the key. Number one is wrestle. If you're not a wrestler, you'll be passive and you'll walk away from some of the big questions. I've heard people say recently that they've struggled in their faith or they've walked away from being a pastor or a leader or a Christian or a follower of Yeshua, the Messiah, and they've walked away because they've struggled with the big questions. But I want to talk to the big boys and the big girls in the room this morning. Wrestle! Wrestle! Big boys and big girls wrestle. I don't mean with each other. I mean they wrestle with the big things of God. Jacob, what did he do? Before he became Israel, before there was a name change, he... You see, there's a wrestling going on in the Scripture. There's a wrestling going on in the church. There's a wrestling going on with the Word of God. And wrestlers win. Wrestlers get a name change. Wrestlers get changes in their lives that are positive for the glory of God. And something happens. Something happens when we wrestle with the Scripture. It's important that every single one of us knows how to wrestle with the Word. You might read one piece of Scripture and you think, you know, I don't know, I don't understand that. Do you know what? That's okay. I do as well. I read bits of Scripture and I think, how the heck does that fit in with that piece of Scripture? But I want to tell you, I'm a wrestler. And I'm preaching to wrestlers this morning. WWF wrestlers. I'm preaching to wrestlers here this morning. 
And as we wrestle with the word, there is tensions. But these tensions are good. And these tensions bring about results. And it's important as intellectual, spiritual, emotional wrestlers that we break through on some stuff. And I love the power of Jesus' word. That he said he didn't come to abolish the law, but he came to fulfill the law. And in that fulfillment, there's something that changes. See, I believe that the law points to Jesus. In the first covenant, in the Old Testament scriptures, in the law, it points to Jesus. When, when you read the law and the prophets, Isaiah 53, about the suffering servant, you ask any Jew, any Jewish scholar, who's that talking about? And they'll, they'll, they'll struggle, they'll struggle to say it's talking about Jesus or Yeshua, as they'll say in Hebrew. They'll, they'll struggle, but they'll have to recognize that's talking about him. He was the one that suffered. They recognize him as the suffering servant. So the law and the prophets point towards Jesus. And as it points towards Jesus, Jesus says that he is the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. Something takes place when we believe in Jesus. Something takes place in our hearts. So often people read the teachings of Galatians and other books written by the Apostle Paul where it's talking about the law and grace. And some people think that we have to just, oh, there's no law. There's no law anymore. Well, here's the thing. There is law. Because what the Bible says is that he shall place the law on their hearts. And the law is written on our hearts. And I don't want to quote 613 plus laws this morning, but on some of the Ten Commandments, when you receive Christ into your life, something that changes is that you no longer want to be a murderer. You no longer want to be an adulterer. You no longer want to be a thief. You no longer want to steal things. There should be a change that takes place in our hearts. And that's the power of the law being written on our hearts. And that's how I love in Galatians where it says the law is a tutor. In other words, we as the people of God, we as ones who know Christ, we need to know the law. And if you've come to Christ by faith and by grace, hallelujah, congratulations. I want to encourage you, know the law. Know what the law says. Why should we know what the law says if we're not under it? But here's the thing, we're not under the law. The law lives within our hearts. And that's the difference between the Pharisees and those who live by grace and faith. You see, the Pharisees wanted to bring down the hard stick on those who were being taught by them. But Jesus said he'd come to fulfill the law. And when the law is fulfilled, it dwells within our hearts. Can I tell you something here this morning about the law of God that will blow your brains? But I hope it doesn't blow your brains. I hope it's just an educational thing. They'll touch your heart and soften you up a wee bit. I'm, uh, I've studied food laws. Uh, I, I know sometimes I don't look like I've studied food laws. But there's times where I've studied the food laws of the Old Testament. 
And one of the amazing things is that statistically, some people say today, I can eat whatever I like. And you know what? That's cool. On you go with your bacon roll or whatever you eat. But here's the thing. Can I give you a statistic that will blow your brains? It's been proven scientifically that the people who live the longest on planet Earth, there's three people groups. One is a, a, some group in Japan, some from another country who live in a, a high hill and they eat fish or whatever they do. The third group is the Seventh-day Adventists who, you know, theologically they'd be slightly different from what we as Christians would believe, but pretty much the same, but slight differences. But here's the thing, is they, they adhere to an Old Testament or a law-based diet, and they eat a law-based diet. And you know how much they live on average than an average American? Oh, none of you know. It's 10 years. Do you know how many years they live on average than born-again Christians in the United States of America? It's between five and seven years. Isn't that scary? So here's the thing. The law. I don't, I don't need to obey the law. I don't need the law. Jesus said, I've come to fulfill the law. He's not done away with the law, but he's fulfilled it. And the law dwells within our hearts. Here's the thing. Am I ruled by the law? No. Am I under the law? No. Am I free in the law? Yes. Do I need more educated about the law? Uh, yes. Do we need more educated about the law of God? Probably. We do. So here's the thing. The law has great influence, and the law has great sway. Do I need to obey all these laws today? No. Do I want to? It's not really when I'm eating a bacon roll, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, the law has influence, and it needs to dwell within our hearts. And there's a lot of laws, you know, about not eating shellfish and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you can take it or leave it on these kinds of things. But I want to tell you, the law dwells within our hearts. And the law has power, and it has influence to change us for the glory of God. Jesus said, <coughs> Jesus said, I've not come to abolish the law, but I have come to fulfill the law. Recognize Jesus in this passage as the fulfiller. Jesus, the great fulfiller. He's filled it up. He's, he's borne everything on the cross for us. The perfect lamb who was slain for us so that we can be free. So the law dwells within our hearts and as it dwells within our hearts, if you don't know the law, if you don't know the Ten Commandments, read them. If you don't understand, read them. And here's the thing. Jesus goes on. I'm not going to preach on it this week because it comes next week and the week after and the week after. Lord bless these guys that are going to preach these passages. But here's the thing. Jesus talks in the next portion of Scripture. He talks about murder and anger. He talks about adultery and he talks about divorce. And here's the thing, Jesus raises the bar. It's like, oh my gosh, you're about to hear about it in the next few weeks. Jesus raises the bar. Jesus says that if you look upon your brother with hatred in your heart, you are a murderer. That's horrible, isn't it? That's the Word of God. Jesus says that. That's the power of the Word. That's the power of the law. That's, that's us under grace. Grace. 
So as we recognize the power of God's Word, let's recognize that Jesus has fulfilled it all. And Jesus has freed us so that His law can dwell within our hearts and we can be completely free in Jesus' name.